Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Hello, and as always, thank you and welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are Computer and Technology Radio, as the nice lady said. I am Mark Cohen. She is Marsha Collier. And always an interesting show. Today we're going to talk about Starlink getting an upgrade. Uh, what is a smart scarf? And we're going to talk about a fun Chinese EV. I don't know what that is, but I want to know about it. Uh, what, uh, so what is, what is the story, Marsha, and how are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm still recovering from COVID, as you probably can hear in my voice. Um, I'm feeling better. It's just like a bad cold that lingers forever. I, I really don't know at this point if we need to be so terrified, you know, as it used to be, you know, with them right. carrying out bodies and stuff like that. I was double vaxxed and uh, boosted, still got it. Yep. A couple of other my friends did the same. And hey, it, it just lingers. It just, yeah, I'm, I, it's, I don't feel normal. I don't know. I mean, it seems to be that, uh, as we talked about, that the, the vaccines are very important for not dying, you know, but it certainly does not yeah, prevent Yeah, but nobody's you, dying. Said. I know somebody who wasn't vaccinated who got it that just had a bad cold. So I think Oh, yeah, actually, it happens. Yeah, I think actually that the virus has morphed itself and, and into a much less deadly way. Well, that would and be I can't see great it. news. I can't see it going back the other direction. That just, I don't know about science, but I don't think it works that way. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that we don't all get monkeypox. That's the next thing that all of a sudden's in the news. Um, I'm already. I got some gloves already to wear in public. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> you know, and I kind of forgot about when I when I first heard about monkeypox. I thought, what an odd name. Then somebody reminded me, well, didn't you have chickenpox when you were a kid? Well, yeah, actually, I did. So you know, the the for some reason the name just uh, didn't remind me that there are other things that we get uh, through. You know, as we've grown up. So hopefully we won't have to worry about that. But hey, yeah. it's always something. I don't know what's going on. It's like always something. It's it either is, it's sadly. You know, and we we don't we don't talk politics here, but I don't even listen to the politics cuz it's like ridiculous. Oh yeah. Like let's poke the bear. We know China really is testy about Taiwan. Why are we poking the bear? What? Yeah. We've been all told don't poke a bear. Yeah, that's the, that's the story. So, all right, let's get into tech news. So Instagram was trying to change some of their app uh, features, and apparently the audience didn't like it. What was that? Oh, this this was, I mean, Monday morning I got, you know, up and into my social media, and I'm seeing a thing that people are complaining right and left. I hadn't been to my Instagram app because, honestly, I don't go to it every day. Yeah, I love I Instagram for looking at the pictures and seeing what's going on, things like that. But it, it's gotten a bit more, you know, full of ads, which makes it annoying. And ads from people I don't follow and don't care about. Right. So it's gotten a little weird. But it turns out that they had announced that they were going to become more like TikTok. Yay. Yeah, and TikTok is the one app that I absolutely avoid. I tried TikTok. It is fun and engaging, but it is something that definitely will suck you in and keep you watching for a long time. 
I don't have that kind of time. It's not, you know, it's not that important to me to see a bunch of people giving their opinions on things and 99% of them are not true. You know, the vitamin advice and the hair advice and it's just people doing anyway, but it is fascinating. So anyway, um, Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner were really pissed because Instagram is a great platform for marketing your products and, and enjoying other people and interacting with your social community. And they said, no, dudes, you're ruining it. You're just ruining it. You've got to stop it. So it turns out that the um, head of the company then followed up with on, on the 26th with a video saying, we're really trying to make Instagram more modern and more of what people really want to see. This is like... Yeah. And, you know, it was just, and all of Twitter, and I'm mostly on Twitter because I like to read people's opinions. And the people on Twitter were just, just beside themselves. I've never seen uh, all these people backing the Kardashians. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, well, but it was true. It was absolutely true. And they announced what? It was like Friday or Thursday. Well, maybe I think we need to take a step back. And, you know, in terms of the percentage of feed that are recommendations, get better at ranking and recommendations, and then maybe we can start to grow again. Well, yeah, if they stuck to their core business, if they stuck to what made them great in the beginning, instead of doing all the things I mentioned earlier, uh, do you use Instagram, Mark? You know, I look at it from time to time when I see a story on the internet that says, you know, go to Instagram to look at whatever it is. So I'll do it periodically. I don't use it a lot. Yeah, it, it is a, f a fun and wonderful platform. I have loved it. I mean, they've tried to push me into, oh, be a verified account, be this, be that. I don't care. All right. I go to Instagram for is to look at pretty pictures, kitties, puppies, yep. things like I don't care. I agree. So, I totally so agree. So it seems the inst uh, the internet has spoken and complaining works, especially if you're Kylie Jenner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, on the other hand, I think a lot of people have way too much time on their hands to spend it criticizing other things. You know, whether it be Twitter well, or Instagram see, or thing, whatever. The thing is that a lot of people make their living like the Kardashians off of Instagram and a lot of social platforms. Yeah, that's their true. Business, their business wouldn't be what their business is if it wasn't for the social platforms. And when they start cocking around with the way they feed you the uh, stuff, uh, it's going to hurt somebody, and it shouldn't be hurting the people who are making a living off it. Because bottom line, they're the people who bring people to these platforms. Yeah, not that's the true. Ads, you know. Yeah, that's absolutely you true. You came up with an interesting story, and Starlink satellites. Everybody's always yapping about them that it's doing this and it's doing that, and Elon's arguing with Dish over a uh, one of the bands for five G. Right. And of course, we've heard that astronomers say that they have interference with astronomy. And you came up with a story that I thought was really cool that told yeah. about that they don't. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Who would have thought that uh, a satellite would have bothering astronomers, but SpaceX apparently is working on upgrades to the Starlight uh, satellites in an effort to prevent them from interfering with astronomers. Uh, they try to address how Starlight satellites can reflect sunlight as they orbit the Earth. That same light apparently can accidentally photobomb astronomers' observations, and that expressed some concerns within the scientific community. Well, have you ever looked up at the stars and seen a trail of Starlink satellites going across, and you don't know what stars, and you don't know what's what? And it's very confusing. It really has visually kind of screwed up the atmosphere. You know, I don't know. I've never actually noticed that before, but apparently SpaceX, which is great, has been working do with you, many astronomers. Do you astronomers. have a telescope at your house? Uh, I do not. No, I do not. Uh, we so have I don't. A I don't. Huge te- we have a huge telescope at our. I mean, you got to move it out. It like practically needs wheels, and we do. I have seen the rings around Saturn. I have seen them up close with our. Yeah, that's our pretty. Telescope. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's great, and. I'm just a person, and we're all just little people, but astronomers are kind of looking up there for a reason. Yeah. We need to know from them when that satellite's going to come down, crash, and kill us all and turn us back into the dinosaurs, right? You know, I mostly use it for when I uh, do Starlight, Starbright, first star I see tonight, and then, you know, you get your wish. Uh, But beyond that, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Starlight satellites, Starlink satellites, apparently, can reflect sunlight when their orbit reaches the dark side, and I've never heard this term before, the dark side of the Terminator, which is the boundary between day and night. It sounds like a starlight episode, a star... uh, Twilight Zone episode. You kind of have to be into astronomy to know. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently so. Uh, and apparently the satellites can be seen, as you were saying, from the ground, usually in the first several hours after dusk or the first several hours before dawn. And apparently that can pose problems for uh, astronomers trying to f- understand things. So uh, Starlight, Star, sorry, SpaceX's early attempt to solve the problem was to install a sun visor, which is kind of interesting. And that's kind of a cool idea. That's a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah, they and put those it on. Those were the... capable of blocking incoming uh, sunlight. Yeah, apparently they would uh, stop causing reflections. Uh, but the company now says it's dumping the sun visors because the visors can also block the laser links on their satellites. So uh, there's, you know, so they're spending a lot of time trying to figure out what makes this work. And I think it's it's very responsive uh, to to kind of take those measures so that what you do in the air and in the sky and you know with the satellites doesn't screw up other things that are in space and and that, that that's pretty cool so well, and plus uh, they're going to make second generation satellites but yeah. i think the the unique thing and the thing we're finding out about tesla and everything else is that they put a lot more horsepower into everything before they launch the products than we even know about than they even tell us because how could they possibly have even made the install a sun visor thing because yeah, they have a interesting. ton of them up there already. There's stuff going on that we don't know. So what they ended up doing is with the second generation of Starlink satellite, satellites, they're going to point the solar array, arrays away from the sun as they cross the Terminator boundary, which I think is going to work and make it a lot better. So when you're staring at the stars at night, see if it, if it helps. 
Yeah, it's very interesting. And I'm in this unfortunate circumstance, again, where the internet company that we were using, we've had, I talked about for years about my slow internet service, and we don't have anything in this area. And then we had a company that went bankrupt. Now the second one is pulling out because they can't do it. So, you know, at some point, I may have to look into Starlink. And there's a lot of issues with Starlink right now. A lot of complaints about how they don't have enough satellites in the air, that their speeds are slowing down from their promised, whatever they promised, 100 megabytes. 500 megabits per second on down to like three so uh, i can't get starlink in my area yet they claim if you go to the website it's next year so you know we'll see how this thing works out but hopefully it does because a lot of people really need internet services that can't get fast internet based on where they live so that's a big issue um so, so we'll mark see. you have your own action figure don't you uh you mean you the mark cohen made. i did yeah. i have a superman action figure yes of me there you go <laughs> yes, correct. Now, well, it do was, you, you have, know, do you have little children in your life? Um, young people, grandchildren, something like that? Yeah, I mean, used to have, you know, younger kids, not so much anymore. But yeah, I've got kids, uh, young kids around. But, you know, they're old enough to want to be doing Legos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? My, uh, I mean, yeah. I love doing Legos. We talked about the office Lego set last week, which I right. can't wait. I ordered one for my son-in-law for Christmas because it's not shipping until then. But, right. You know, I'm going to be right there to play with it. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But anyway, so Lego has come up with a new thing, which I think is so fun. Well, mainly because, let me tell you, it's a minifigure factory that lets you create a $12 minifigure of yourself. Yeah, that's cool. You can customize a minifigure and you can insert it, you know, in all your Lego stuff. I'm cool. personally going to do it because I don't think I'm going to live long enough to see my grandchildren playing uh, <laughs> Legos. So I'll just slip it into the Lego hall and uh, there will be grandma in the Legos. Uh. But you can find the link. Now, if you go to the Lego site and you search minifigures, odds are you may not find it. I tried to. it. I couldn't find it. But there are stories, uh, The Verge is one of them, that have an active link that get you to it. Um, most of the link, other links I found say we're not ready, don't do it, whatever. So I've been building my own little Lego minifigure. And How just fun. fair warning, do not put white bottoms on. It really makes your Lego look fat. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going back and it's, it's a real trouble of trying to rework the whole thing and and make it still doesn't look like me in my opinion but you know right. I'll have I got to work on it but it, let's face it it is just a, a piece of lego right yeah yeah now yeah that's, can, that sounds fun you can customize the the headwear the heads torsos legs and even put an accessory in it like a little laptop a coffee cup um, for the torso you can go deep into con uh, customization by applying decals, custom uh, text, which is very cool. And Lego will be monitoring the designs to prevent users from making inappropriate mini uh -oh. uh oh So and just so you know, in case you had any big ideas out there. And apparently but, you can only buy one per household for 12 it. bucks. One per household. That's it. So I'm going to order yeah. mine before anybody else here can figure it out. 
You know, I will tell you where this really kind of comes from. For many, many years, video games have allowed you to create your right. own, Im- you know, your own character, mostly sports games, you know, baseball, basketball, and you go in and they're not, you know, it doesn't look exactly like me, but I've experimented many times with this and you try to get it as close as you can. And then they put, you know, if you're in a basketball game and your uniform is on there, on the back of the uniform, it says Cohen or the announcer will go, Cohen goes down court. So, you know, there's a lot of personalization that's really a lot of fun. And this, this certainly should be an enjoyable one. Well, you know, and you can, once you get it, uh, use accessories, obviously, from other Lego minifigures. So it's kind of cool. I just don't know how you're going to look or be happy with the look of a Lego to look like you. I mean, it's yeah. it's not AI. <laughs> no, I, t- I it, will tell you, though, the, well, well, the other ones, as you mentioned, the one that I had made, actually, it was given to me as a gift. I shouldn't say I had it made. Somebody had it made for me. Uh, and it does kind of look like me. So those that they use, you know, your photograph, and yeah. then they make the bobblehead image of whatever it is. Those are pretty cool. So uh, kudos but to whoever is, does that kind of stuff. This is a Lego. What do you got? You got one, two, you got 10 faces to choose from. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, a little that's kind of fun. Yeah, a little difficult. Yeah. But All right, so... Fun. Yeah, so and it's Manchester only twelve dollars, so I recommend it to everybody. Yeah, that yeah, that should be fun. So Manchester City, the big soccer town, uh, has come up. What is football. a smart? Uh, uh, oh well, yes, true <laughs> football. Yeah, that's right. You English people call it football, right? I forget. Uh, well, what is the difference between English soccer and English football? Not much. Nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. basically the, the same it, thing, it, right? They yeah. just don't call it soccer. Right, they call it they footballers. They call it football, period. Yeah, That's yeah it. exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what's the smart scarf, and why are they doing it? Well, it's just ridiculous. First of all, it's, it's a biometric scarf. Okay. The chips are made by Cisco. <laughs> okay. For what reason a sports team needs to read the biometrics of the audience? I mean... It's a beautiful scarf with a biosensor that lands on the back of your neck and it uh, measures everything, you know, how you track your head, what you're right. looking at, your heart rate, your emotional response to a match. But yep. does a soccer club really need a wearable for this? I you think it seem would be like pretty it. evident when looking at the fans. You know, during well, yeah. a missed penalty or emotional despair. So you don't really need this, you know, or read a Reddit after the game. But Manchester City thinks this, I guess, would be important data. And I say good for them if they can get people to do it. It's, the scarf is part of a pilot program, and they've selected fans chosen to wear the scarf. So that's cool. Uh, will be distributed to some fans of also New York City football club. Right, exactly. So yeah. there you go. Um, now, if you went to a Lakers game, how would you feel about wearing a scarf that was measuring your biometric data? I would think a uh, no. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> why would I possibly want to do that? No. It, it works by measuring minuscule changes in your skin sweat to determine yeah. your stress levels. I, I, I don't know. I think this is, you know, 
And who, you know, ooh, they're looking at the, the score. Ooh, they're looking at the goalie. Uh, like, there isn't video there for that? I, I just think this is carrying tech too far, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I know. that it, it seems a little crazy. It definitely does. But we move on, and uh, we'll see what happens there. You've All got right, a heck so, of a buy of the week. Yeah, I do. So now is the time of the show where we search the planet, the universe, and Amazon.com for the buy of the week. Thank you, Paul. Your your music is getting much better, Paul. Did you did you go to like Juilliard or something? You know, okay, he must have. He's really good on that drum set. Uh, okay. Answer. No, I know he's not. Yeah, that's the best part. I could talk and he, Paul doesn't even answer us. Uh, Paul, who is our uh, producer slash engineer, so thank you for that. Uh, okay, so if you are looking for a really nice monitor, big monitor, uh, HP has the V28 4K, again, 4K monitor, 28-inch uh, uh, digital uh, di uh, diagonal rather display. It's 3840 by 2160. It's 60 hertz. Has a one millisecond response. It's got an AMD FreeSync technology, dual HDMI and Display Port. Uh, it has what they call low blue light, uh, so you can you know really get into gaming or just you know, just use it as a regular monitor. It's got what they call smooth entertainment, which is uh, fluid free performance, and again the blue uh, low blue light, which makes colors warmer uh, very quick response time includes a headphone jack uh, and it's 10 million to one dynamic contrast ratio I don't like those marshes that are only 9.8 million so this one is 10 million very yeah. very important uh, and it is available today for really a, a great price and I talk about this all the time but you know let's call it seven eight years ago these monitors were five thousand dollars you can get it on sale today at Amazon for $199.99. Their normal price on this is $379.99. Save 47% off the price. And again, it's the HP V28 4K monitor available today on Amazon for $199.99, down from the regular price of $379.99. And that is our buy of the week. Uh, that's a good size yeah. monitor, 28-inch. That's Wait, a really you know, nice size. I have size. to talk to you about resolution. <laughs> I mean, as yeah. long as we're talking here. Yeah. Um, I've been looking for a new tablet. Mm hmm And I don't have it here, so I can't tell you the resolution of the tablet that I use. It's a Huawei. And the resolution is perfect. Yep. It's spot on. And yet, unless I went to a 12-incher, you know, the $900 tablets? Yeah. I couldn't get that quality of resolution that I get right now in a smaller format tablet. Yep. That's true. And I don't want to replace my tablet with a more inferior. They are just not putting the quality into, you know, and, and we had a story we were talking about, about Microsoft saying PC sales are down. Mm -hmm. I, I really think a lot of it has to do with the quality. Um, you just mentioned a monitor that, it's great. I mean, yeah. but it's a separate monitor, right? You have to attach it to a computer. Yeah. I, mean, I don't see the quality. You know, they're well, leaning more towards Chromebooks and the cheaper stuff. And I I hope somebody just makes a tablet that I can find that's the quality of resolution that I'm interested in. And you you know, you may not, because unless you go to the higher and more expensive, like I have an but you iPad. See, I Pro. did. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, it existed. 
somebody was making it. Yeah, so apparently hopefully not somebody else will make quality. Well, That's you know, what you I'm saying. Go, it, the quality yeah. is going down the tubes. I mean, you got to go to, if you go to an iPad Pro, which is a 12.9 inch, but you may not want a monitor. That, I mean, they uh, Or the Samsung. The Samsung is yeah, the same exactly. thing. And I actually have not m compared with that because those are out of the question. I have, little, I have half the size hands that my husband has. I am yeah, not right. holding a 12 inch tablet. It's just not going to happen. I don't care. I'm not drawing mustaches on pictures. I, I'm not doing it. I just use it to read the news. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. And I want it nice and crisp and clear and a beautiful uh, display. Yeah, it's nice harder to TFT, find. And you're not finding the TFT as much anymore. Yeah, they just don't want to spend, you know, they're trying to attract people to buy the tablets. And when they put the more high-res 4K these tablets it gets expensive and they can't sell them for you know 500 bucks so they put a but it's you know, not as problem. expensive to make because they used to make them and they used yeah. to be reasonably priced they just don't want to make them so anyway well, they're probably not selling enough rant. yeah there you go uh maybe all right they so would if they made them <laughs> yeah exactly the good read good pods app have you looked at this app yeah i have i downloaded it. it's a really nice app Okay, so for those of you who may not know what the Good Pods app are, um, it's just kind of like being in a book club. I mean, we all hear there's tens of thousands of bazillions of podcasts. I mean, there's even a TV show with Steve Martin about making a podcast. Love that show. Do we have any idea what podcast we might like? I mean, Probably yeah, not. we can go online and we can take a look at reviews, but the reviews are generally slanted. So... Um, Good Pods is kind of like a social platform. Think about like a Facebook group or something like that. And you go on there and you see what your friends and other people are recommending to listen to. And, you know, you'll see a podcast which could be kind of cool, like if you're into gardening. You didn't even know that there was a podcast on dendrobium orchids or something that you really... <laughs> have an interest in that would interest you or astrology or something like that. So I think the idea behind Good Pods is pretty, pretty brilliant. Um, a lot of the people who are working and behind this project are have a lot of experience on the project, and I recommend it highly. I mean, it's funny, verified Good Pods users. I wonder if I could get verified since I'm verified everywhere else. Kim Kardashian West, Malcolm Gladwell, Gwyneth Paltrow, Katie Couric, Alyssa Milano. Cool. <laughs> um, but all these people are using it, and they do have a Good Pods account. It's at Good Pods HQ on Twitter. You can follow them. Please find our podcast on there because the best thing you get to do is you get to review them. Currently, we have five stars, and it is a little tough to find our podcast only because we named our podcast uh, 10 years ago when we started it. We named it Computer and Technology Radio, and it's hard to find either of those words among all the podcasts. So the best thing to do is either look for Mark Cohen or Marsha Collier, M-A-R-S-H-A, and find the podcast, maybe listen to it through the app. And if you like it, 
give us five stars. But again, great yeah, way great. to find new podcasts. It's it's pretty pretty. Interesting. Yeah, it's a nice site, a very nice one. And good yeah, looking thank you for, app. Uh, yeah, for it's good looking that. app. And I haven't found any privacy problems. And you know, I'm crazed about that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so what is Samsung's repair mode? What is that all about? Okay, I thought this was so incredibly cool. Um, you know when you send your phone or you take it to the Geek Squad or you send it to Apple and you kind of leave your phone there or you ship it off to even Samsung, mm -hmm. um, you're always worried like your pictures are on there, all your stuff is on there, what are they going to poke around, what are they going to take your head and put it on porn? <laughs> yeah, you know, right, there's exactly. There's all kinds of... Let's face it, not everybody, you know, is the ultimate trustworthy human being. And uh, you worry. So Samsung has come out with a simple solution called repair mode. And I'm so shocked that nobody else came out with this uh, before. You'll be able to activate repair mode, and it will ensure that technicians can only access basic apps that are required to work your Galaxy smartphone. Nice. And it personal files, user accounts, photos, videos, and other data remain off limits. So you will be finding it on your Samsung devices. Once enabled, the phone will reboot and the service technician access will be limited to default apps. After the repair is complete, you can regain access to your data by rebooting the device and unlocking it, which you have the code. So when you deactivate repair mode, all settings return to pre-activation state. I think this is brilliant. I can't understand why no one has thought of that. But doesn't it just seem to make sense yeah. to you, Mark? I mean, Absolutely. Great idea. Okay, yeah, so you. bravo to Samsung. Good move with repair mode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so back to the story that I jumped ahead on, which is this guy <laughs> that lost his $181 million in Bitcoin buried in some kind of a dump, but apparently has a plan to get it back. It's going to cost him, what, $11 million bucks. but how's that going to work? Well, it's, it might cost him $11 million bucks, but according to him, the amount of Bitcoin he has on this hard drive is $181 million. So yeah, spending after 11 the crash, million, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, spending eleven million to get it back, a drop in the bucket, as they yep. say, right? So it was one of those portable hard drives, you know, the ones, the little ones, about the size of a smartphone. And by accident, instead of throwing away a damaged one, he put this one in a garbage bag and took it to the local dump. Except. This was in 2013. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, he mined this Bitcoin in 2009. So you can see why it's so valuable. So he's 36 years old, and he's put together this plan, and he's tried to get people, uh, the local authorities, to let him do this. Uh, yeah, the City Newport Council. City Council denied his request to dig for his hard drive, saying it would be expensive and invoice environmentally damaging but he got venture capital funding to search up to 110,000 110 yeah thousand tons of thousand garbage tons, yeah right that's insane and he's presenting it to the city council and he's 
got a plan. Um, it's achievable through a combination of human sorters, robot dogs, and an artificial intelligence-powered machine trained to look for hard drives on a conveyor belt. That's very cool. I like His that. plan has two versions based on how much of the landfill the council will allow him to search. Mm-hmm. By his estimates, the most extensive option will take uh, about three years and involves scouring 100,000 metric tons or about 110,000 tons of garbage at a cost of $11 million. Yeah, uh, He could scale this down to $6 million and take 18 months. He's assembled a team of experts, uh, landfill excavation, waste management, data extraction, including one advisor who worked for the company that recovered data from the black box of the crashed Columbia space shuttle. So he's got the people, and bravo, I am all behind him. Uh, this um, is very cool. I mean, he has got some project. Human pickers would sift through um, stuff. The machines would dig up the garbage and then sort it on a pop-up facility near the landfill. The humans would go through it. Uh, they'd have AI. They got the whole shebang going here. So bravo. Um, let's hope that this guy gets it done. He, I mean, he even has budgeted for two robotic spot dogs from Boston Dynamics. You know those dogs that would function as mobile yeah, exactly. CCTV patrols at night and search for anything that looks like his hard drive by day. I mean, yeah, that, I mean that's really interesting. I, it's a lot, boy. That's a lot of garbage. One hundred and ten. And wouldn't it kill you if it was in the hundred and eleventh thousand ton that you missed? <laughs> you know, I got all the way to almost there. I only missed it by one ton. So uh, it's kind of a cool idea, though. I, I good luck well, to them. I Hope mean, it works. Their advisors really feel that there's an eighty to ninety percent chance the data will be retrievable on the planet, right? Even if yeah. it's been sitting in garbage that long. Oh, I would imagine so. Hard drives are hard to, you know, you really have to work hard to erase a hard drive either magnetically or whatever. So just because you threw it away and we've, we, you know, we've kind of warned that for years with people when they get rid of their computers, don't just throw them out, remove the hard drive, demagnetize drill it, do whatever you have to that do. Yeah, drill, drill a hole, in, a hole right. in it. Yeah. 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 So whatever you I have think to do. we should on computer and technology radio, follow the story of James Howell. And I think that's an awesome idea. Just because I'm right behind him. We're go, James. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So, a couple of years ago, we featured um, a couple of reviews for Chinese vehicles that you could order from China directly. And there was some uh, instructions manual involved. You, had to, you didn't have to put the whole thing together, but there were bits and pieces and things that you had to make it work. And I remember we watched a video of a guy that actually did it. He was, if you remember, Marsha, he was putting it together. It was pouring rain and he was putting together his electric vehicle. So, now there's a what another one a chinese shopping website well uh, bottom line this is a thing this is a legit thing on alibaba you know the ebay of china yep. or of the world pretty much um you can buy electric mini trucks mini cars mini i mean we've skip loaders we've seen them um yep. The guy's name is Micah Toll, and he did a new review of his little tiny electric pickup truck. Now, the, here's a couple of caveats. First of all, they're cheap. They're $2,000 uh, to get it. But if you want the biggest battery, that's another $1,000. And then mm -hmm. it's $2,000 for shipping. 
Right. Plus oh, two grand. Okay. Fees and all kinds of stuff. Right. So what they're doing, because it isn't fast enough to go on the roads, it's illegal to be on the road in the U.S. Um, they're using it on a farm. Right. And that's cool that they show pictures of it driving around. It's a mini truck, and he uses a uh, portable power station, kind of like what what we have with the foldable solar panels so that they can charge it up out wherever they're using it on the farm. And it's really cool. They show a picture cool. of him getting in and out of it. Definitely, again, not street legal. Uh, to be street legal, I think it has to be 25 miles per hour and faster or something. And you have to have seatbelt. Well, this thing has no seatbelts. There is a backup right. camera, though. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's very nice. Okay, I like that. And it is a little tiny dump truck. I mean, it's he's gonna keep buying them. His wife in the he says his wife in the article is a little, little gets a little testy about this. <laughs> but you can find these things on Alibaba. Just look for electric vehicles, electric trucks, electric cars, and um, he writes about them. He reviews them. His name again is Micah. Oh, I lost it. Were you listening? No. Micah. Micah T-O-L-L. Micah Toll. Micah Toll. And he writes funny, funny columns every weekend about his different things on Electrek, E-L-E-C-T-R-E-K dot C-O. And they have a whole thing category called Alibaba Stories. As a matter of fact... They have a really adorable on on the page right now of Alibaba stories, a teensy weensy teeny tiny mobile home. Uh, this is hysterical. Mark, I just sent you the picture. Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> so yeah, they that's really uh, and they cool. have awesomely weird Alibaba electric vehicles of the week, uh, the world's smallest taco truck. Uh, you got to see this stuff, and it's electrectco slash guides slash Alibaba. So keep yeah, following because they yeah. are funny. It's it's entertaining and the whole thing that you can actually buy these things. Yeah, definitely, definitely a fun thing to do for four or five grand. By the time you're done, uh, like you say, you have to have some place to drive it. But uh, maybe you'll buy a yeah, farm. I mean, it's and like put a it super advanced golf cart. I mean, if you look at the dashboard on on the one that he wrote the article about, it's not bad looking. It really isn't bad. And they have air conditioning. The air conditioning works really well, according to him. <laughs> So, what the heck, if you have a place to drive it, unfortunately, I have no place to drive it. And the deal is, when it comes to the U.S., customs often says, this isn't street legal in the U.S., and you kind right. of have to prove that you have a place where you can drive it, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. You know, how do you know if a, a cyber criminal uh, has infected your phone... And what do you do about it, or how do you fix it? And this this is very dangerous because it it's not just you know uh, 
it could happen to you, let's say. It happens to a lot of people. Uh, mobile malware is uh, a growing cybersecurity concern. It can result in thefts and sale of your private data. Uh, adware now causes 42% of new mobile malwares worldwide, banking malware. Uh, on Android devices, it's about 80, up about 80% from where it was. So basically, what do you do? If you have an Android phone, uh, you want to go to your setting panel and open the permission section. Uh, its exact location will vary based on the Android version installed and whatever user interlays you want to use. Go to Settings, Apps, See All Apps, then tap a name of an app. Uh, scroll down to the list of permissions. And make sure that you check each app for the permissions granted by default. And remove the ones that they that you don't need to have on there. You know, why does an app need access to your camera, your microphone, your and documents, And you can do the photos? same thing for Apple iPhones yeah. too, can't you? Yeah, for iPhones, you just basically go to Settings, Apple ID, Password and Security, and again, work your way through those things. Uh, and make sure that you don't give permission to get these things. Uh, you might have malware, so be very... Uh, uh, be very specific when you look at your phone. For example, if you get unusual messages and pop-ups, that may be malware. If there are titles in your app drawer or your library you don't recognize, delete them. If you don't know what they are, get rid of them. If your phone is slowing down, make sure that that's probably some reason because there's some apps on there and it may be malware. Um, if you get high internet usage or increased battery consumption, those are a couple of ways that you can tell. Uh, so you just want to be aware of these things and you want to go into your smartphone, whether it be an iPhone or an Apple, and erase the different things that you think may be an issue. So uh, just be careful because that's Speaking that's a of lot security, of this past week, um, I and a bajillion other people got an email from Apple, and I checked the headers, I checked everything. I just couldn't believe I was getting this email. Uh, Dear Marsha Collier, we're reaching out because your banking information on iTunes Connect is invalid and needs to be connected to ensure the successful payment of any amounts owed to you. Yeah, of course. And it tells you how... No, this is from Apple, Mark. Yeah, no, 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 this I know. This came from Apple. Users yeah. with the admin, legal, or finance role can update these details and agreements, blah, blah, blah. Once your banking information will is corrected, it may take up to two payment cycles to send your payment. Uh, if you have any questions, contact us. Best regards, the Apple Music team. Now, I have an iTunes Connect account because of our podcast, and uh, I have a couple books and a couple apps, things like that. But A, I knew that my banking information has not changed in 10 years. So this made no sense. So I went on to Twitter and I searched iTunes Connect. And it seems that the whole world got this email. It took Apple three days to send apologies out to some people. I did not mm -hmm. get one. But when you look at it, they, I am sure, got a lot of people to go to iTunes Connect and put in banking information because it was an official letter, it was from Apple, and I just think it was advanced phishing marketing. Yeah, it probably was. Th I think that's terrible. And boo on Apple, and I haven't gotten my apology yet. So another strike. There you go, guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do TV. We're just almost out of time, but you, you have a story about the Orville, and I have to say this may be one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, it's just brilliant. The writing is brilliant. The stories are brilliant. What did you find out about it? 
Well, long story short, cut to the cut to the chase here. Seth MacFarlane's The Orville is the reincarnation of the next generation of Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Star Trek Trek Next Generation had so much. It's a classic in its own right. And it it this new show of McFarland's The Orville just kind of carries it through. Of course, they do have Brandon Braga, who was writer-producer on TNG and other track shows working, right. working on right. it. But it's very similar uh, to the United Federation of Planets. They have a planetary mm-hmm. union. Uh, yep. There are tons and tons of similarities. And I think it is more Star Trek than these new Star Trek spinoffs. I mean... I'm sorry, I am not a big fan of what they've done with Picard and all that. None of that is Star Trek. None of that is whizzing around planets and and doing things and making things and first contact and all that. No, it's a touchy-feely story. Picard really doesn't create relationships um, the same depth as Star Trek. It's... It's you know I don't know. Anyway, Digital Trend said the Orville channels the best TNG stories. I think it's great. If you're not watching it, it's going to come out on Disney Channel this week. Yeah. Disney What Plus whatever. But it's also on Hulu. If you're on Hulu, which I believe is a little cheaper, um, watch it. Great it's show. Great. Absolutely great show. Highly recommended. Hey, that's it for us. Thank you, as always, for joining us. You can find us on all the streaming services everywhere. Go tell your friends. Have a good week. This is Marsha Collier and Mark Cohen saying goodbye. Have a great week. Tell your friends. Go to Good Pods. Download the app and listen to us on there. See you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.